0: Hey, everybody, you are listening to the Room for Both podcast. We are Nicole and Meredith, longtime friends who decided to start this podcast to create a safe space to process the gray areas of life. Sometimes we'll have strong opinions. Mostly we'll have a lot of questions. At the end of the day, we want this to be a conversation that leaves room for both, for going deep and keeping it light, for funny and serious. Our hope is that by dialoguing in such an intentional and inclusive way, We can learn and grow and just get a better sense of how much we're all just in this together.
1: Welcome back to the show. In just a minute, the girls will unpack the true self versus the ego self in part two of our Enneagram discussion. If you listened to episode eight and had questions or life experiences that came to mind in regards to the Enneagram, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out at roomforbothpodcast.com.
0: Now we're going to move into the more meaty part of the show that we're calling Processing Out Loud. This is the portion of the podcast where we're going to dive into topics we've been thinking about or wrestling with and really just invite you along for the journey. So, let's talk about the true self versus the ego self because this is to me what makes the Enneagram different than every other personality typing system. Because, at least for me, and I found things like Myers Briggs helpful. Um, and even love languages, sure, that's helpful. But I felt like those typing systems said to me, this is who you are. Sure. The Enneagram says to me, these are the patterns that you've taken on mm-hmm. to survive childhood. Yep. This is not who you are. Right. And it's in recognizing these patterns that you can break them and you yes. can live into who you truly are, which I think if you're a person of faith is divinity. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's this whole notion of we were born in the image of God or whatever you want to call it with this true essence mm-hmm. that encompasses all these types. Yes. All these types show the possibility of humanity and yes. who we can all be. And we, we have all of them within us. And it's in breaking down, recognizing and breaking down these patterns that we've created, the ego self, that we can actually begin to tap into that true
1: self— who we were meant to be from the get-go. Before, yes, who
0: we are. Who we are. Who we were meant to be, and who we already yeah. are. Both and. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this one quote from Thomas Merton because I can't not, because I'm a four, and then I'm gonna stop talking about this concept of ego self versus true self because i want to hear what you guys have to say about it this is from merton's new seeds of contemplation which is one of my favorite books and um
1: seeds of contemplation yes
0: and he is quite a contemplative so he's not for everybody i cannot get enough of merton so merton says in order to become myself i must cease to be what i always thought i wanted to be And in order to find myself, I must go out of myself. Mm. And in order to live, I have to die. Therefore, my natural efforts to make myself more real and more myself make me less real and less myself because they revolve around a lie.
2: Gosh. Mm. Gosh, I love that you're reading Martin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I think that that... So those unconscious messages from childhood, those yes. are the lies yes. that we built ourselves yes. around. Mm-hmm.
1: And they're not true. Right? Yeah. They're not based on reality. But we, to needed, the one, we needed
2: that for survival yes. through life yeah. at a certain point. Yes. It's necessary. Yes. It is. The ego needs to oh, be yeah. built. Yeah. And we need those things. Because and those, life isn't perfect. Because life is not perfect. Yeah. And so it's, it's necessary, yes. mm-hmm. but there comes a time when you need to wake up to that and see it for what it's it no is. It's no
0: longer serving you. And
2: say, okay, you know what? I needed this to get through this, but that is not the person mm-hmm. I can be. Mm-hmm. It's just a piece mm-hmm. of who I am, and mm-hmm. I could be so much more. Mm-hmm. And to have a glimpse, like you said, of that person –
0: it's like that almost can be it's it's yeah,
2: it's being led through the next door. Yes, you're being led through the next door.
0: I feel like it's when you put a splint on a broken bone or something that needs to heal itself. And that splint serves a purpose mm-hmm. for yes. a time. And then when the healing happens, the, the growth happens, that splint will start to hold you back you know and right. I think of that like through childhood we needed this ego self it served its purpose for a time right. and I think we all reach a point at which it stops serving its purpose and it, it keeps us from who we are
2: hmm. and doing what we need to do in the yes. world yes because yeah. we yeah.
1: gosh it is so profound as we're talking I'm, I'm over here thinking isn't it interesting that in fact we were created For death and resurrection. Yes. 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 If we choose it, I mean, that's that's our free will, right? But like we were created to have a death and resurrection because God knew you would need this ego to get you through, but it's not yours to keep forever. Mm -mm. Right. And there comes a point where I'm going to call you to die to those things so that we can live in freedom so that we can get back to who I created you to be, um, who you actually are. Yes. Um, Mm -hmm. and live into the fullness of life for, which is to say to live in reality. I mean, Richard said today, freedom, absolutely. The reality of your freedom. Richard Rohr said today, reality is just God with a face. Mm. I'm like, Oh my goodness. So, um, it's, it's just so, there are so many parallels I'm thinking about. Like, we were created for death and resurrection, mm-hmm. again, if we choose it. And I just think about my lens as a person of faith. Jesus experienced, you know, 30, 33 years of life with these things he needed, but there came a point where it was time to die.
2: Yeah, right. I always, when I look at the cross now and... I don't know how people will take this. (laughs) Um, I think Christ's death on the cross was merely showing each of us Mm. what we have to do to our ego. 100%. That's just, he showed us what we have to do. It's not something he did for us. Mm. He showed us mm-hmm. how. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy.
1: Right. <laughs> right. There is a, a, a... I don't mean to say this tongue-in-cheek. There is an actual... It's piercing. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to make light of what he mm-hmm. suffered no, through. No. I literally mean there is a it, piercing. There is. Right. But our, our. There are so many facets of us that have to suffer, die, be put Absolutely. down. Absolutely. But it's this the thing about the Enneagram that I'm loving is it's this beckoning, like, and. There is life on the other side. That's the whole point. It's not that you're this terrible person. How dare you have an ego? How dare you you're not this piece of shit that I've been taught in in Mm. my Christian subculture, Mm. I have been taught, you piece of shit, God had to get down there, get in the skin, Mm. thank God for Jesus. I mean, thank God you're your sorry ass was saved. Like that's been the message versus like the Enneagrams lens is like, okay we had this ego right guys it's like it's like it's like this team meeting it's like we had this ego right it served you well totally understandable We're not going to beat ourselves up for it. We're just going to acknowledge it and go, oh, okay, this need for other people's approval isn't serving me anymore. It's actually inhibiting me from the freedom that I was meant to experience. It was actually inhibiting me from speaking freedom to others because I'm too scared what they're going to think, or I'm too scared that I don't have the voice to do so, or whatever that means for your particular number, how it manifests for you. It's like there are so many correlations if you're a person of faith, the death and resurrection. Obviously, you know, I would say that Christ – lived died resurrected the whole thing so it's interesting that we get to walk that out and have our own cross but it is this glory there's this mystical glory to it because then there's this resurrection on the other side to go forth and i don't know we live in freedom we set other people free i mean you yeah. just think about the ripple yeah. effect of that yeah. um no wonder it's so important for us to do this work hello and like, hard. And like, let's not hello. minimize that. Right. Hard. Yes. That's why we need community, like real community, because otherwise it's like, screw that. Yes. I ain't doing it. Mm-hmm.
0: It's so, too hard. literally, what you were saying, Meredith, and I'm going to post a picture of this image in our show notes, but um, is this diagram that's in my book. And, guys, Understanding the Enneagram is my favorite by Richard, uh, Don Richard Riso and Russ Hudson. But there is this image. So we haven't talked about levels of development yet, but essentially within every type, there's levels of development and there's nine in total. So there's uh, healthy, which there's three sort of levels there. There's your average where there's three sort of Mm -hmm. levels there. And then there's unhealthy Mm -hmm. and there's three levels there. And as you move up towards uh, health, so at our highest like the label that they give that is liberation. Mm. So we're our most free at our most healthy and we're our least free at our most unhealthy. And ego inflation happens in inverse proportion to freedom. Mm -hmm. So when we are least Controlled by ego, we are most free, mm-hmm. and where we are most controlled by the patterns of ego, we are least free. And that label is pathological destructiveness. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so can we talk a little bit about, can we unpack what it looks like to be bound to the ego, what it looks like mm-hmm. when the ego leads out? Because I, I, I'm, I want to I'm not asking that because I have a hidden answer. Now I, I literally am like, mm-hmm. let me let me continue to get some language for that and sink some teeth into it because I want to be sure that sure. I'm understanding. Well,
2: I so feel, well, I'm sorry, but no, I feel good. like um, just being human, we can't get away from that. Right. In way. Right. We're all. No, gonna, we never will. We never will. Sure. Completely. So there's there is no, there is no denying the ego. There is, however. There is awareness and presence and what we need to do is learn to be present in the moment and not lost in our thoughts Hmm. and
1: operating in reality.
2: Exactly.
0: And not out of um they call it sleepwalking sometimes. So when we when we just live out our ego patterns, we're kind of asleep. You know, because that's it. just and a concrete example for a four, this happened. Two days ago, I heard a story about somebody who, um, a dear friend who was going to have a bunch of success in their career for my ego, my, uh, my passion is envy. Okay. And so I hear this and it's not that I, and I'm genuinely happy for this person without a doubt but for a four, it becomes – it points back to our own deficiencies of, like, why haven't you done that? What's, what are you doing with mm-hmm. your life? Why, so that's the envy piece, which quickly leads a four to shame. Mm. So I go upstairs, and I don't even recognize – I'm just feeling all of this. Sure. Not even aware of it, right? Sure. I'm sleepwalking. Sure. Pick a fight with Jeff. He looks at me and says, did I do something? Mm. Like, I'm, are you mad at me for mm. something? And I go into the bathroom, I'm washing my face and I'm reflecting, no, he didn't do anything to me. Why did I lash out at him? He's my safe person, right? My most safe relationship. And I start reflecting, I'm in shame right now and I'm in envy. Not because I'm not genuinely happy for this other person, but that quickly was awakened in me. And I got into the moodiness and temperamentalness of a four without even realizing it. How
2: interesting!
0: And so growth is recognizing that. I went back into our bedroom and said, I'm sorry, can we unpack this shame that I'm in right now? And we did. Gosh. And to me, that's... <laughs> It's not full ego transcendence. It's working towards ego totally. transcendence.
1: Totally. But
0: that awareness of oh, those wow. patterns, so that you can make a different
2: choice. Mm-hmm.
1: I, it, 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 it reminds me of um, my counselor will always say, "What's your body communicating to you?" Because oftentimes your body is talking mm-hmm. to you before mm-hmm. your, um, for your head before your head's talking to you. So mm-hmm. what? Where are you feeling? You know, I'll say I'm feeling anxiety. I'm at like a, she, you know, does a level one to 10. I'm at probably a four in my chest. Okay, so just pay attention to your body because it's it's communicating to you what's going on. Um, you know, so we'll talk about where do you feel that? Oh, I feel it a little bit in my throat. Okay, it's not that the, anything magical is happening in the throat. It's just to mm. note and to become aware of your body. I'm feeling something that means something is going on. I'm mm. storing energy of some kind, and that helps me self reflect, like, okay, this obviously has some kind of effect. Whatever this is, I don't it could be from three days ago from me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know, what's going on? But mm-hmm. I feel something. So I think it's interesting thinking about that in term in the context of a four, as someone who we didn't mention this earlier, but from what I've learned from Unicole, as someone as someone who can be out of touch with her body, do you ever feel like do you ever feel anxiety or fear or anger or anything Physiologically, or would you say, you know what, no, but I want to move in that direction so that my body can start alerting me when I'm feeling a mood of some kind or triggered by something or upset mm. by something. Does that make sense?
0: It does. It's interesting. Yeah, so I I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Um, but so just to give you all some context, there's the instinctive triad Um, which is eights, nines, and ones. There's the feeling triad, which are twos, threes, and fours. And then there's the thinking triad, which are fives, sixes, and sevens. And we sort of talked about nines, threes, and sixes are most out of touch with the triad that they're in. Um, And then within each triad, there's one that overexpresses that human function. So... Let's talk about the thinking triad. You've got fives who overexpress the thinking function. Mm -hmm. And you've got sevens who underexpress. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean they don't think. It's just sometimes they can get so overwhelmed by the thinking that they choose to just act and maybe not think through the consequences of those actions. Mm -hmm. Whereas a five is like thinking, 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 and places so much value Mm -hmm. on knowledge Mm -hmm. and and that Mm And so depending on your type, there's a different starting place towards growth. So like um, nines, threes, and sixes should all start with their centers. So a six who's in the thinking triad should start um, with something like meditation to tap into, they're most out of touch with the thinking center Um, to really bring their mind at ease and connect with their mind and mindfulness. Uh, Nines should get in touch with their body, doing things like yoga um, or going for a walk or doing some form Mm -hmm. of exercise. Mm -hmm. Threes should get most in touch with an open heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know if that's reading things to open the heart, maybe going to counseling. I don't know exactly what the examples people would give. So you've got those who are most out of touch. Then you've got the ones who underexpress in each triad. Mm -hmm. We're called the withdrawns. Okay. So fives, fours, and nines, for us, things like yoga and walking and physical exercise are so, so, so important because we are so out of touch with the body. Then you've got the assertive types. Those are threes, sevens, and eights. For them, the feeling center is underdeveloped. So starting with things that help them open their hearts mm-hmm. are so 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 important, mm-hmm. and then you've got the compliant types. Those are ones, twos, and sixes. For them, the thinking center is underdeveloped, mm-hmm. and so things like meditation are so 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 important. So you, to answer your question, I'm so out of touch with my body. That's the that's the triad that I'm is most underdeveloped mm-hmm. in me. I'm aware that I even carry things like pain mm-hmm. in my body, mm. and I'm great at shutting that out. Mm. And it's when I engage in something like yoga that I, so I would say I don't feel it in my body when something's off, or I do when I totally shut it out.
1: Oh, But when I do something
0: like yoga, it connects me to that in a way that is so good for my growth.
1: That makes sense. Oh, it totally does. And I'm just thinking, I am such a, I'm somebody who subscribes to, and this is fours, not fours, whatever. I, across the board, I'm somebody who ascribes to mind, body, soul, spirit. It's all connected. So when I hear, mm-hmm. and I'm kind of have been on a health and wellness journey that would submit like, hey- if you've got a headache, yeah, you might have had gluten, but you also might have just had you might have just had a bad dream yeah. and your body is storing that energy. Mm. So when I hear any of my girlfriends and I've been around you a lot recently. So yeah. if I hear you, I'm just feeling tired. I'm like, yeah, her adrenals might be overworked, but also she might just like her spirit, her actual like yes. energy in her is Pro- might be also just working through something, you know what I mean, and so. So when I do poses like camel, which are mm. heart
0: openers, oh, yes. I don't know if it's because I'm in the feeling triad, and so I feel it. I don't know why, but I feel so much pain, and oh. I can't even do a camel. Oh, um, that's so interesting. And I don't know why. I Is haven't. Okay? I haven't dug into why, but I literally get yeah. lightheaded just getting in position, getting ready to do camel. Wow. I cannot do it. Wow. And I'm working towards it. Sure. But it's, it's I don't know why. there are
1: actual mm-hmm. physical blockades if there's even oh, yeah. potentially energy. And then we're getting into a different conversation. But just, just in keeping it all kind of, again, my perspective, all connected, mm-hmm. if there is any kind of blockade of energy, if you're out of touch with your body, it's interesting that you will continue to experience Whatever that is, whether whether it's physical pain and camel pose or whether it's, I don't know, persistent headaches. I'm not trying to be a shaman or a no, doctor, no, but it's just yeah. interesting to think that perhaps those could be attached to some things that have yet to be worked through or have yet to have a light shown on them. Does that make any yes. sense?
0: And it's interesting. Once you feel pretty confident that you know your type to dig into some of this stuff, because we all have all of those triads right. within us. Right. We have different relationships with them. So mm-hmm. some are, are tangled up in the others. Sure. Some we're most disconnected from some. We over like, yes, it's very fascinating to then start digging into your relationship with those three centers As humans that we all have. And the best path towards growth for you, given who you are and where you are. Yes. So here's a story that I had a counselor share with me that I found really, really helpful. Just in relation to this whole concept of ego self versus true Mm. self. An old Cherokee Indian chief was teaching his grandson about life. A fight is going on inside me, he told the young boy. A fight between two wolves. One is evil, full of anger, sorrow, regret, greed, self-pity, and false pride. The other is good, full of joy, peace, love, humility, kindness, and faith. This same fight is going on inside of you, grandchild, and inside of every other person on the face of this earth. The grandson ponders this for a moment and then asks, "Grandfather, which wolf will win?" The old man smiled and simply said, "The
2: one you feed." Yes. Mhm. Great story.
1: Yeah, I've heard that before. Mhm. Yeah, it just, you know, to me speaks to the power of choice. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what do we do with the information that's has we given? We were just Saying a little earlier off the air, you can't change what you don't know. So you do you choose to move into this. But the cool thing about this whole thing is again quoting Richard War for the hundred and eighty millionth <laughs> time because you know, love love him and the wisdom that he provides. And because it's gentle wisdom. It's mm-hmm. not this thou shalt it's just so gentle. Mm-hmm. But he says, remember grace is something that gets done to you Mm -hmm. like the process happens to you Mm -hmm. you don't happen to it you just get to remain open yeah you know and so there's grace to sustain there's grace to kind of um get you to where you need to go if you are willing to to tie it back to the story feed the good wolf to be open to the process that's Mm -hmm. where i believe that grace gets ushered in to be able to do a lot of the unraveling that has to take place in order for you to get to that place that is your true self
0: Mm -hmm. I'm curious mom what that has looked like for you so we've promised my mom we won't keep her on the whole time as Meredith and I finish unpacking (laughs) all of this stuff but I am curious what has it looked like as a passionate learner of the Enneagram for so long to Feed the wolf of awareness and presence and true self mm. over the years?
2: You give me way too much credit. <laughs> 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 I have had the awareness of the Enneagram for a long time and I've studied the Enneagram. But it takes a lot of self-discipline yeah, mm. in order to... Um, Continue to feed that good, loving wolf, Mm -hmm. good food. Sure. Mm -hmm. Um, As a nine who wants peace inside, I still tend to find things to numb those feelings because they're so uncomfortable. Yeah.
1: Um, It's almost like homeostasis rather than peace, because if we're talking about peace, Yes. And it's true as fuck. Oh, absolutely. Like freedom and true self, but what I hear you absolutely. saying is. Absolutely. I don't need to ripple right. the water, ruffle and the plants.
2: And that's not always healthy. I, I will say, um, through the years, I have learned to become aware, aware of my body. Hmm. When someone says something and it stirs something in me, um I'll sit and I'll think about, Mm -hmm. I'll I'll, I'll Mm. say, what is going on? Mm. I've learned not to stuff my anger. Mm. Um, As a nine, we, I didn't even realize I had anger. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) Anger, that's my my underlying emotion. I didn't even realize it. Um, Interesting. Because... I don't get mad, I'm Mm easy going, everything's wonderful, I go Mm -hmm. along with everything, not realizing that all those times that I compromised, I was Mm -hmm. stepping, Um, so I've learned, I've found my voice, I've learned to speak, and so Mm -hmm. I think it it is learning to be more of the opposite of what, of those coping mechanisms, Mm -hmm. learning to find Ways to speak to that. Um, I have a long way to go, (laughs) don't
0: we all? Yeah, I
2: have a long way to go, even though I've worked with the Enneagram for a long time.
0: What would you say to some of our listeners who are discovering the Enneagram for the first time or who are just starting this
1: journey, and maybe even? Ones who are in your age group, like that, they think, mm-hmm. oh gosh. I, I mean, I don't know if we have that many who are in your age group, but <laughs> who would go, not because they're just, I just don't know. I don't know them personally, right. so I don't know. Yes. So maybe even to all of us, and I would be curious for that demographic of women if they're going, I, it, I, it's too late in life. I'm not doing this. This is too exhausting kind of thing. Or men, whoever you might be, whoever's listening, you know. Yeah, yeah.
2: well, you know what? We're we're here until we're not. That's the truth. And I think that um, that the work goes on until we're not. You know, I think that we're, we're placed here and God placed us here. Um, and I hope it don't get too churchy for you too God room for, for all me. of us <laughs> but God placed us here as, the divi- as, as a divine being mm-hmm. and he knows our humanness and he knows the struggle um, but we all we all have some way to contribute mm-hmm. to bringing heaven to earth mm-hmm. and we all are a piece of that divine and I feel like we all owe it we all owe it to the world. We owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the divine mm. to to get ourselves as, as far along as we can to contribute mm. to bringing um, heaven to earth. Mm. And I feel like not only getting to know ourselves, but getting to know the other types mm. is so important because it's going to help your relationships. It's going to help you understand people in a way you never could before.
0: Because
2: mm-hmm. I think that, that was one thing for me. I, w- I just didn't understand why people didn't see things the way I did. Why sure, people getting so upset yeah. about that issue? Right. <laughs> just, just chill, <laughs> you know? I, I just didn't get it. So I, I think getting to know as much as you can about all of the types, and learning to be in the present, I do believe that meditation and contemplation is very important. I think we need to find that quiet within us, mm. quiet, find that voice, mm. that inner voice mm. that's leading us, and um, and use the gifts that God has given each of us in mm. order to contribute.
1: I love it. What I hear you saying is... We all have something to contribute no matter what stage you're in, no matter what age you are. Like, until we are taken off of this planet, we all have something that we get to contribute.
2: Well, that's that's my take on it. Yeah, I I love that. I'm just me. I love it.
1: No, I think it's, I think it's, yeah.
0: And the more I think we know about ourselves and are willing to not be ignorant to ourselves. Mm. Like the better, I think Ian Cron said recently in a podcast episode, um, the better off we'll be for ourselves and for the people around us. And I think that gets back to what you were saying about we owe it to ourselves, we owe it to God, we owe it to each other Mm
2: -hmm. to
0: choose this self awareness and this hard, hard work of looking honestly at ourselves and figuring out what it looks like for us to grow and to transcend.
1: I think one thing, if I can say about that because i struggle with language that feels kind of debt debtor i owe you something mm-hmm. it feels to me i oh, that's because awesome. of my and that's upbringing and my yes. rule following i thought yeah. i go oh, yeah. shit that's one other thing, thing, I, under, thing. I owe somebody oh owe somebody oh, no, i'm no, under I, this I under, authority oh that's a great so point what that. i, I hear what i would say from my own experience of i i don't Shadow work, to use Enneagram language, or deconstruction, to use modern faith language. My own unraveling, my own growth, healing. Again, to echo what Richard Rohr would say, that it is a grace that is done to you. The process happens to you if you allow it. And while it is hard, yes. And while it can be grueling and arduous, yes. I'm still breathing I'm still alive. We're all here. We all make it okay. You know, we all. I'm not speaking for anybody. I'm just kind of speaking um, universally about myself that it's, oh, it's okay. Like, it's, sorry, I don't want to get repetitive. And to the person who maybe hears things the way that I do and and Mm -hmm. just hears, hard work is coming. It's a good one. Here's a mirror coming at you, like all your shit on display. It's like, well, okay, yes, and. There's grace to meet you and you won't know that grace till you need it. So so don't try to borrow grace from the future and get scared and and hide. It's okay. If this security cat can do it, anybody can. If this security cat can encounter a gracious God in the midst of an unraveling process, in the midst of a healing journey, anybody can.
0: It also reminds Mm. me, and I'm so glad you said that, because yeah, that's not the language. Right. It reminds me of it is for freedom that you are set free. Mm. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Just for free sake. Yes. Hello. What yes.
1: kindness is that? Yeah. Like we just get to be unleashed. Yeah. yeah. Just, just. What? It makes no logical sense to me. Again, a grace that's given to us. Yeah.
2: Oh, you girls. <laughs> <laughs> My heart. I love you.
0: Thank you, you for so joining good. us. Yes.
2: Thank you. It was Thanks such a so gift so to have you on. Meeting me, yes. uh, chit chat with you for a while. Yes. I loved it.
1: Thank it's you for great. lending us your. Your learnings. I mean, truly, we we just are grateful for your time. I'm old, Meredith. No, you're not old. (laughs) You're not old. You're not old. You've contributed so much here, and that is a gift to us and to anybody who is listening. So thank you for being on. Thank you. Well, that was lovely. It was so good. I want to jump back to something you said earlier, because you mentioned as a four, that your passion is envy, and we Mm. hadn't covered um, passions yet. And I wondered Mm. if you might take us through kind of what the what that means.
0: Yes, I can absolutely do that. And just to give you all an idea. And again, this is one of the reasons we love the Enneagram is because it's so complex, Mm -hmm. and there's so much depth to it that I think is indicative of the complexity of humans Mm -hmm. and individuals and so that's one of the things I love about it just to give you all an idea like within each type there are basic fears there are basic desires there are childhood patterns there are subtypes there are hidden complaints there are key defense mechanisms Mm -hmm. there are saving graces there are virtues passions like so many aspects and so we are just scratching the surface and we hope it's helpful and informative as maybe a f- like introduction to Enneagram or maybe just a refresher of some stuff. Or, um, I think usually as our processing out louds are, I think sometimes it's helpful to just hear other people process stuff yeah, verbally to, totally. to spark stuff, um, in ourselves. So I say all of that just to say, I'm definitely gonna, we'll link to lots of books that we love, but understanding the Enneagram to me, it is very heady. I'm not going to lie. Um, But it is so comprehensive in terms of breaking some of this stuff down for each type. It has even like a whole chapter on misidentification. Mm. So um, when fours accidentally mistype as nines, Mm. what that looks like and why, it has a whole chapter for each type of recommendations for growth based Mm. on your type. So passions essentially are essentially the consequence of us being disconnected from our true selves Hmm. so uh, Hmm. again if you're a person of faith um you could say of the fall you know it's it's um essentially there is an underlying hurt or shame or grief that this disconnection with our true self which is inevitable but that it causes and so our ego comes up with some particular way of like emotionally coping with that fall or that loss. Okay, And so there are nine key coping mechanisms, which are the nine key types. Does that make sense?
1: When I hear you say nine key types, I hear type one, type two, yes. type three, type four. Exactly. Okay. So which is why there
0: are nine passions.
1: To correspond. Yeah. Okay. So each type
0: represents... Um, So I guess it's hard to talk about passions without talking about virtues, but each type has its own key virtue that is essentially when the ego is stripped away, it's this reflection of the divine Mm. in its own virtue. Mm -hmm. And then the passion is sort of that, um, coping mechanism of, of losing that virtue. When the ego is
1: very present.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's what I'm hearing you Mm -hmm. say. So for example, for a, let's start with a one a one's key virtue is actually serenity.
1: Hmm. How interesting.
0: And when that gets distorted uh-huh. by the brokenness of the world uh-huh. and, and ego's um, core passion is actually comes out as anger. Hmm. And so in recognizing those patterns and in overcoming those patterns that lead ones towards anger... They can actually restore themselves to that original virtue of serenity.
1: It's okay. So I'm what I'm hearing you say is so. As again, as a person of faith, it almost puts more specific language to these. I don't know if this is right, wrong, good, but whatever, right? i have just gotta. As a six, I'm I'm always ready to overqualify anything that comes <laughs> out of my mouth. But what I'm hearing you say is. The way that you were uniquely made to reflect the divine. Yes. You are getting back to that place. So rather than yes. saying, Well, you're not being very much like Jesus, it's actually just I can start to say, I don't I don't know what the six is. We'll get to that in a second. But if I was a one, let's say, I could say, I am moving away from serenity. I am moving i I'm moving towards anger. I am operating in yes. anger but I'm 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 moving away from serenity and serenity is my highest calling, who I am meant to be, and that is how I reflect the divine. Yes. Okay.
0: So this represents what I think is such a core difference in how we think about God Hmm. and ourselves. Hmm. So I was recently talking to a family member who talks about how religion, he thinks of religion as a set of beliefs and principles that we put in place, structures that we put in place so that we can be better people and be more like God. Okay. I I what I said to him was that I view us as already an image of God sure and I view, Faith and religion and some of the meditation, some of these uh, centering prayer, these Mm -hmm. practices as an attempt to uncover the, I think, I forget if it's, um, it might be the wisdom of the Enneagram. They talk about it as we're all born with this light Mm. and life puts these layers of tar Mm. that cover up the light and Mm -hmm. ego are Mm -hmm. these layers of tar that Mm. cover up the light. And to me, it's not learning behaviors so that I can mimic something that is perfection, but it is learning awareness practices so that I can uncover that reflection of the divine that I already am. Yes, yes. And that is exactly what you're saying. That core virtue is the Mm -hmm. thing that we already were born to reflect about the divine, Mm -hmm. and unfortunately... Because of brokenness mm-hmm. in the world, the mm-hmm. fall, whatever you want to say sure. uh, the reality and the imperfection S- of the world that we live up. in, mm-hmm. this passion is the distortion sure. of that.:
1: Sure. OK. So that's one.
0: So that's ones Twos. Their passion is pride. And when they can recognize the patterns that they fall into and transcend those patterns, they are restored to the core virtue of humility.
1: Mm, okay, okay.
0: Threes, their passion is deceit. Hmm. And when they can overcome those patterns, they can restore their core virtue, which is truthfulness.
1: Hmm. Wow, it's just, I'm, I'm just like, it's so flipping interesting how it's literally the exact opposite I don't know that's I don't know why that's so such a mind-blowing concept to me right now but like literally these patterns that we overtake they are the exact opposite of what we were meant to reflect and isn't that
0: so fascinating wow. and telling about like some of the brokenness that we experience in the world Oh.
1: Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay, sorry. Keep going. I'm just wow, this is blowing my mind.
0: I know. <sighs> this is why I was so excited to have you on the Enneagram bandwagon because I just, it's so powerful to me. So
1: unearthing and powerful.
0: So fours, like I said, our passion is envy. And when we can recognize those patterns and restore our core virtue, it is equanimity.
1: What does that
0: mean? Yeah, so it is essentially... Like not being overcome by feelings, like it is um, evenness. Okay. And okay. you know. Sure. So fives, their passion is avarice. Their need to know
1: what that greed, means. Greed. Okay. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Their core virtue is non-attachment. What do they mean? Like even when you sometimes talk about learning how to respond from
1: oh um, sure like yeah, a secure place that's yes. what they, so their passion is greed. You said yes. Okay probably agreed for knowledge just got to know it all know it all know it all versus being able to go yeah i don't have the answer for that and i'm i'm living out of a place of healthy detachment to that like all right maybe i don't know yeah i don't either somebody who knows call us but i don't (laughs) everyone call me (laughs) jeff jeff always says that i say so and so call me um that's interesting okay
0: so six is this is you sister passion core passion passion
1: Fear, fear. <laughs> but now I don't know what my when what I'm supposed to. Do you be know what your virtue of. is? Hold on, I got I got to guess. What's the opposite of fear? Oh my gosh, she's held. She's holding up her her um her giving giving key keychain key to me. It's courage. Courage. Oh my gosh, I probably need to get a tattoo that says courage to your heart because that.
0: I think that's why you love Aslan so much, too, because he represents courage. He represents a lot, but Aslan represents so much
1: courage. And that's why I actually love Lucy so much and want to name a daughter after her, after her character, because she represents so much courage and allows Aslan to give her that courage and knows who she is. She doesn't care what her brothers and sister thinks, and she just lives out of that place of courage. Courage. Wow. Okay. Gosh. Mm.
0: The seven's passion is gluttony and their core virtue is sobriety. And I think there's probably, and I'm not an expert on this, I think there's probably more to be said about those words. It's sure. not how we typically think about it. Sure, them. not how societies. Yeah. So, eights, their passion is lust and their virtue is innocence. Oh.
1: What that's about? That would be a good one to
0: dig into too.
1: If you uh, let me say this really quickly, if any of you listeners have experience with the enneagram or you're gonna kind of digging in, or you have a good handle on kind of the stuff we're talking about, you're like, I'm an eight, and this is what this means, or I'm a seven, and I know what this virtue means for me, or how this has played itself out. Would you let us know? Absolutely. We're just curious, not for, uh, just curious to keep this conversation going and whether it's via DMs on Instagram or email, like I am fascinated by this and hearing people's personal journeys and personal examples of how these virtues and passions and subtypes and types and all that just kind of manifest. It continues to solidify for me as a learner of this, um, how the Enneagram can play out in our lives. So anyway, that's just a quick side note because I'm like, gosh, maybe a listener's an eight and we can learn more about what innocence means as a virtue. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah.
0: So I'm actually looking back, and this is in um, Understanding the Enneagram, but for sevens, since I didn't really have a great idea about sobriety, what they are saying is when we are present and abiding in our true nature, we feel awake, sober, and in clear contact Mm. with our immediate experience. Sobriety also brings with it a sense of gratitude, Mm -hmm. a deep and abiding joy in the miracle of life. So that's the sobriety. Yeah, that makes Um, sense to me. And then for eight, this whole idea of innocence. We think of innocence in connection with children. And Mm -hmm. indeed, there is something about the open wonder at existence that we can see in children that characterizes the virtue. Innocence is being fully, deeply human. It is simplicity itself. And which makes me think of vulnerability because I know eights sort of got that message that vulnerability isn't okay it seems like it is like being fully deeply human including being vulnerable sure
1: some some type of childlikeness and the sense of vulnerability yeah okay
0: and then the nine um so the passion of the nine is sloth and then the the core virtue is action
1: hmm wow how interesting.
0: Yeah, it's really,
1: really interesting. Really insightful, really powerful stuff.
0: So, how. Uh, you started learning about the Enneagram, what, about two
1: months ago? Actually, no. Um, I started really digging into okay. it a couple months ago, but. Several years ago, my dear friend Lizanne took a class in the Enneagram in law school and would talk to us about it and educate all of us, kind of girlfriends and in a small group together about it. Took the test, tested as several different things. I've tested okay. as a seven, I've tested as a three, I've tested as a one. But now that I'm now that I know myself and know what I'm really operating out of, I yes. can confidently say that I am a six. I I believe I know, I don't know that how in keeping this is with um, Enneagram theology, but I believe my sort of true self is a healthy seven energetic mm. kind of just living in joy and freedom and energy and all those things um but nowhere seven right but like I mm. okay so that's that's a side note so I was exposed to the Enneagram through Lizanne um and have had conversations with her over the years and just trying to understand it but but really from a place of just kind of asking her questions is that what this sure. means is that what this number is what about this um and then I think I don't, was it you that sent me the Liturgis podcast? And I just said, what? Probably. Yeah. yeah. I think as we were developing the podcast and, and just kind of content creation, you and said. And I knew to, off the
0: bat, I'm going yeah, to want to talk Enneagram. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah.
1: Enneagram. I listened to that Liturgist podcast, the episode 37 that we mentioned. It's great. It was like so fascinating to yeah. me. And then I just kind of kept following the, the train, you yeah. know, I just, all right. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Why do you think you've been drawn to it as much as you have? because you've been
1: well just so eager to learn. My personality in. is one that is eager to learn about things. I'm a I'm a learner by nature, I think. Yeah. I didn't know that about myself until recently, but I'm a learner by nature. I really love discovering the why behind things. Mm-hmm. I love learning about myself mm-hmm. and what why I am the way that I am, mm-hmm. how I I don't know. To me, clarity is just so helpful i live in a constant state of confusion there's a constant panel going on in my brain sure. and constant voices sure. and so um kind of again speaking to me being out of touch with the thinking because there's so much thinking happening but i gotta it's hard for me to get in t- in there and go everyone quiet down yeah. you know what i'm saying so that i can hear what i'm thinking exactly exactly yeah. you're all thinking for trust me it. exactly yeah. so yeah. I think anything that can help me get some clarity and some handles around sort of why I am the way that I am and what can help lead me to freedom peace and security yeah. then then I'm all about it. I also love it from a A marriage and relationship standpoint like to know what scott is to know how we interact and i want to keep digging into our subtypes and where we go like it's it's already fascinating to know where we go in stress and where we go in health and all that's already helpful but to continue moving through these idiosyncrasies and these nuances is supremely helpful from a relationship standpoint and then as friends and i don't know it's I don't know why it is just so fascinating and has proven to be so true. Yeah. So helpful. So literally enlightening. It's like you've looked under a rug of my life and it's like, well, there it all is. You know, it's like,
0: what? As you're saying that it's making me think because it is so true, especially after you do that work of really reading to discover. And I think like listening to other people's stories to discover your type. Mm -hmm. Um, just as it can be used as a tool in relationship and with yourself, it can also be used as a weapon.
1: 100%.
0: And I think the awareness of not using it in that way with people we're in a relationship of, of like, oh my gosh, you're such a six. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you're such a one. Right, right. Or, or you know, like... Um, or even, like, I know one of the first things, because it's fascinating, it's a typing system to, like, bring it to a dinner party and try to mm-hmm. figure out what everybody is. Right. I really don't think it's that type of typing system. Like, yeah. it is a journey of self-discovery. And I'm not saying we don't all fall into that trap. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a personal journey mm-hmm. that if, if you really dig in, um, it, rain- it rings so true that it is so vulnerable. Yes. And like you said, Jen Hatmaker said, you can feel so exposed yes. by it that I guess... My word here, too, is to like treat that with care. And um, I don't know. I just think it can be a really easy thing to accidentally hurt somebody in your life by saying, like, I was just learning about the Enneagram, and you are such a blank. Mm -hmm. Like, even Ian Cron says he he won't tell somebody what he thinks their number is. Like mm. it is for other people to do their journey of yeah. self-discovery and it can really like quickly become something hurtful and yeah. exposing in a really negative way too. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think I'm already guilty of that to a certain degree. And I'm like, dang it's it, hard. Meredith. Uh, like, oh yeah, I could have guessed that. And you're like, dang it, Meredith, it's not yours mm. to get. I mean, mm. even if you're not like, oh, you're such a, you're, yeah. even though I didn't say, oh, you're such a blank, yeah. I definitely have said, Oh, yeah, I could have guessed that. Yeah. Um, or, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. I mean, even just like overly affirming, it's like, Meredith, you are brand new to this. But you know me, my my personality is such that I'm like an excited puppy dog. Has everyone heard of the Indian group? You got to learn about the Indian Care. This is so exciting. And everyone needs to know. It can
0: be so beautiful to have people affirm. Like, I think I was telling you earlier, Jeff and I were on a trip with two other couples who are our best, best friends. The six of us are in Rome together. And mm-hmm. our first night, we cooked a dinner. And we sat around because I was um, reading Understanding the Enneagram and I was like so all about it. And all these people were people who had dug into the enneagram and so we read everybody's like when you're healthy you're this when you're average you're this when you're unhealthy you're this your basic fear is this and like we sat around the table affirming each other and of course i as a four felt like i was the only one at the table i told jeff (laughs) that night like they didn't affirm me like they affirmed you like nobody (laughs) understands me right um but it can be a really beautiful thing with people that you know and trust and who have who have delved there themselves to like really see each Mm -hmm. other and know each other and Mm -hmm. affirm each other
1: well and i will say too i think even for our relationship i'm like where was the enneagram when we were roommates because i think it would have been so helpful (sighs) now i know like things about you that i'm like oh that okay i can ask a clarifying question here or i can check in now which is awesome yeah
0: okay what mood what what are you Mood sifting are through? You are, are you right sifting now? through something? Yeah. Are you
1: okay? Yeah. Uh, I can ask a clarifying question versus assuming that I have done something wrong or that I said something yeah. dumb or whatever. Yeah. Um, and not to paint a picture that she's always moody. She's not. But if I ever am sensing like, hey, are you? I mean, yes. hi, I was in Denver with her for like four days. Like, you know, I, you just kind of go, did I? Do-? No. It's- I will also say having a dear, dear friend who's the same type as your
0: spouse is illuminating. <laughs> because the great thing, sure. and we didn't talk about subtypes today and we're not going to, but we'll, we'll point you towards a podcast episode that gets into yes. that. But Mare and Jeff are the same. They're both self-preservation sixes. Mm. So even their subtype is the same and with a wing of a seven. Yes. So literally as you process stuff, I'm hearing, I'm hearing, and not that you guys aren't still individuals, you are, because that's the complexity of the Enneagram, so I don't want to oversimplify it, but I still hear you as my dear friend wrestle through things that your brain tells you or things that, messages that you're getting, and I am having new empathy for my partner of like, that's the message he's getting when he's doing this thing over here, and like, Gosh, it's really illuminating and really beautiful.
1: I, yeah, I will say listening to any typology podcast, again, that's the Ian Crom podcast, um, when he's talking to threes, helps me understand Scott. So yeah. even last night I listened to uh, the Gin Hatmaker podcast with Chris Huertz, who wrote the sacred Enneagram and she's a three or she tests as a three and, um, talked about what healing messages a spouse can give a three Mm. um and he and he says to a three them hearing you are not the sum of your mistakes Mm. like that's so healing to them because it's it's achievement Mm. they're they're constantly battling that that need to achieve and so it's yeah it just develops new empathy for yourself and for those that you're close with it can be very illuminating and honestly very freeing. You go, yeah. "Oh, okay, this is just you're just sorting through stuff." I, all right. Yes. You know.
0: I love to reading through recommendations for growth for myself mm. and for and again, this is a fine line of not wanting to say, "Well, you should do this," sure. but it's really helpful for me to understand that for Jeff, growth is trusting himself more Mm -hmm, and so like mm -hmm. when there are times that it feels appropriate for me to encourage him in that it's it's like great for me to know that that's something that's moving him towards health and I think I shared this story with you too but um on the typology podcast it was great Shauna Nequest and her husband Aaron Nequest came on and Shauna's a seven Aaron's a four And one of my favorite stories that they told um, was around this concept of what's growing and healthy for Shauna isn't the same as what's growing Mm -hmm. and healthy for Aaron. Mm -hmm. And the Enneagram has helped them as a couple recognize that. So Mm -hmm. whereas for Shauna, making plans with other people and being go, go, go is to avoid maybe as a seven dealing with some stuff that she doesn't Mm want to feel Mm -hmm. and deal with. Mm -hmm. For Aaron staying home and staying in his contemplative Eeyore moody place that is a four is him not wanting to connect with other people. Mm -hmm. And so for Shauna saying no is a growing thing for her and her moving towards health. For Aaron saying yes to social connection is a growing thing and moving towards health. And so- I just love this concept of understanding those people that are most important to us, Mm -hmm. understanding who they are, Mm -hmm. what their patterns are, and what growth and health looks like for them so that we can give good advice when we're asked Mm -hmm. or we can help process, like, what is a
1: healthy thing for you to do? Or extend grace when... Absolutely. So for me, it's like, as a six, I'm learning that... I mean, we all have bumbling efforts, right? When we're when we're <laughs> always trying yes. anything new, or we're trying to individuate in yes. any way, which is, you know, at the heart of this, you're becoming who you're meant to be. You're individuating, you're yes. differentiating, right? Like you're putting off the old, taking off the old, putting on the new, right? Yes, we're well, trying to process. right. It's a process, right? But like for me, I think about how important it is to define my voice, myself. Um, and how sometimes that looks messy or confusing or mm-hmm. unnecessary like mm-hmm. there are just sometimes where i am like that toddler like barbara described it's like mm-hmm. no i'm gonna do it and, and and to anybody who's around me most times scott like okay like it could <laughs> be the simplest thing yeah you know like this is a dumb example i don't eat lollipop but if i'm unwrapping a lollipop thing or opening something let's say like that it happens in the kitchen I'll, no i'm gonna do it and he's like you don't want help? I'm going to do it. Like, okay. But it's because for me, my process is such that I have to get to a place where I can trust myself. I can mm-hmm. trust my own resources. Mm-hmm. I can trust my own thought process. Interesting too, when I'm stressed, I move to a three, which is an achiever. So then it becomes... um you're not doing the process well enough or you're not, um, giving enough grace to yourself or you're not, you, you bumbled through that wrong. You know what I mean? You didn't, you were, you overstepped here and it's like grace, grace, grace. Like there has to be bumbling efforts. That's part of the process. I get to define who I am in my voice and continue to discover that um, and understand there are going to be, dis- I'm going to, and this just as a six just cripples me. Yeah. I'm going to disappoint people along the way. Yeah. And I'm normally accustomed to reaching outside of myself for those people. Yeah. Right. I'm, I, I want them to define me and I want them to tell me what to do, even though that is shocking because I have such a distinct personality and such kind of a, a, a strong personality is like you need people to define you oh yes sister i certainly do so to be able to move out of that stress and just go bumbling or not i gotta do this for me um and
0: i think one of the things that it absolutely is i think one of the things that true self brings as we start to tap into it It's just a levity and a humor around the process, too, which is so hard for a four to feel because I'm like Miss Moody, temperamental. Well, you just
1: feel things deeply.
0: I do. And when I get challenged to laugh at myself and there's like this voice in me that can almost... Recognize the frivolity of mm-hmm. the ego self. Mm-hmm. It's this beautiful thing totally. of like, and it's rare still that it happens. But I, that I can look at Jeff and just like shake my head and be like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, <laughs> I was, I was so temperamental. I hope that that happens more and more. Yes, the more we try to transcend the ego, that like. I think of of people like the Dalai Lama or people who I consider like very far along the path of sure. ego transcendence, and they they just laugh at this yes. shit, you yes. know? Like, or just they just have so much joy and awareness for what's real, yeah. really real. Yep. And yep. Gosh, I hope that's
1: part of the path. It's like they've detached themselves from the pride of the outcome. They've detached themselves from any pride associated to their um process like for me it's got to be done this way or you didn't do that well enough or you're still looking to other people's opinion i don't know i guess what what i mean to say is yeah they are detached enough from the ego we could call it pride we could call it ego that like you're saying there is just this this security they've arrived at a place of security and grace for themselves holy cow to get to a place of true radical self-acceptance and self-compassion wow yeah wow like that's my i'm like lord help me out because yeah. i and and that's the deal like banking on that grace that it has done to us um as we just continue as again richard Rohr would say as we continue to empty ourselves so
0: yeah i'm so glad we finally talked to enneagram i know
1: i know me too it was so good we hope it was helpful to all of you listeners and, and if um, you heard
0: us reference things that we didn't dig into i mean we talked about um the path of stress or disintegration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We talked about wings. Um, I know we referenced some things that we didn't dig into here. Please hop on Instagram, shoot us a comment or send us an email because we, I mean, we love obviously talking about this stuff. So we'd love to dig into even if it's us hopping on stories to answer mm-hmm. any questions or um just dig into things that maybe we referenced but didn't give a full definition for we would love to do yeah, that
1: just continuing the conversation is yes, just so rich always, i would just be always, so always, curious always. to know what anyone's what what your experience is as a listener what what is your experience with the enneagram and with your yeah. own shadow work and understanding it and all that just what so, type
0: are you what are you learning about oh, yourself gosh tell love us it. love it Now it's time for Yes And, the part of the show where we unpack our so what moments. If at any point during this conversation, you've had the thought, yes, and now what? This is for you. So if this conversation did stir something in you, make you more curious about the Enneagram, uh, your type, someone's type, whom you're in a relationship with, um, there are lots of tests you can take. Um, the Enneagram Institute has an assessment that you can take. Um, the book Wisdom of the Enneagram has like a two question assessment, which actually is highly accurate. Surprisingly, we really like, we've really been enjoying Ian Cron and his podcast. And I, I found his assessment. Um, it, I came out as a four. Yeah. I'll say that, um, so exploreyourtype.com. You can go to, I think you just put in your email, mm-hmm. and then um, you can still, I think, not sign up for newsletters or anything, but you put in your email. It's too. a free assessment, and I think it's a great starting point. Mm-hmm. As Meredith mentioned, she's you've tested as like several different things, right? So I wouldn't just trust the test if you're reading it and you don't resonate, Mm -hmm. Um, but at least that's a great starting point. Mm -hmm. Um, When we release our full episode, we will put a bunch of resources and maybe even some language about why we like certain things and what you'll find in certain things On our website, roomforbothpodcast.com. So again, we will load you up with plenty of resources if this is something that you're like, wow, maybe I should dig into this.
1: Yeah. So our yes ands, what we're taking away from this conversation. Gosh, I wish Barbara was here to still answer. I would love her yes and. For me, what I'm walking away with, I'm walking away with a couple of things. What Barbara mentioned about we all have something to contribute. Mm. That speaks to me mm. um, and propels me forward. So to that, I say, yes, and <laughs> I need to continue finding my courage. I um, love it. And, it's, it. and it reminded me that it is such an important, it is such important sacred work. Mm-hmm. And then I, I have a couple of yes and The it. second thing for me is I think understanding and trying to empathize with the core messages that some potentially more difficult personalities in my life received as children Ooh. in order to develop empathy for oh them. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I'm really asking a lot of myself. Wow, um. that's good. <laughs> a lot of myself. It's like, again, Lord, give me the grace to be able to do so because on my own volition I good. can't. That good. Yeah, so I just think when I was hearing those childhood messages, I'm like, okay. And not that I – you know, I, I I can surmise maybe what people are, but it's not mine to type them and all that jazz. But regardless, to remember, regardless of what their type is or if they ever take the Enneagram, to and remember... people still need
0: to take responsibility yes, for their own growth and action. For sure, but to and remember that there were
1: childhood messages mm-hmm. that very much inform how they interact with the world. Yeah. And again, what can I do to develop empathy around that and to see these more challenging personalities in my life as... great As kids who, oh who have gosh. received these messages so it's a yes we've all received these messages and i need to implement some empathy with those who i have been hurt by or who i judge or have preconceived notions about or experience Dang. in a in a kind of mm, tenuous type of way so Dang. anyway that's what's sitting with me
0: wow well your yes and was lovely <laughs> mine's gonna be pretty self-absorbed Come on after girl, that bring it, Ring it. Uh, in true for fashion. Um, I just feel like your question about the body to mm. me, and I know this, I know this, I know this, I know this, and I ignore it, I ignore it, I ignore it. I have to get in touch with my body. Yeah. It's the path to healing and wholeness for me. And yoga is, when I do it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I feel that groundedness. I feel that connection. I feel that growth and i just have to create a more consistent practice around it hmm. and and have to get to
1: i was going to say almost I said get, get to, to. I get to i get yes. to yes you get to and I it's do for mean your that. freedom it is it's for your healing yes. it's for your health yes it only it benefits you your you know in yes. in your world yes can i just say one thing that was kind of coming to my brain as we were talking Really, as Barbara was talking, and I don't know, just her journey with it and kind of what she would impart to other people, I just would like to say, this is something that I tell myself often because I have to, but, and I will impart it to you as the listener and to you, Nicole, Mm. the future you is cheering you on. The future Mm. us future us's what is the, <laughs> the future us? we the future I don't know. us's are cheering us on like we mm. you know like they're they are yeah and our know. future spouses that's the damn thing. <laughs> and our future children like they're like come be on hold, yeah exactly hold. exactly so um our future relate everything but the future oh. you is cheering you on I love that so anyway i hope that lands with some people and is encouraging and know that the work is worth it because your soul is worth it oh
0: you are just like full of flowery good language tonight wow Thank okay you, so the final portion of yes and which we recently started implementing yes
1: oh Meredith, good memory
0: where are you experiencing a both and in life right now
1: okay i've got one like quickly but mm-hmm. and that doesn't normally happen to me but I am experiencing a both and or kind of a room for both holding the tensions of two things right now and that I am allowing myself, my consciousness, my body to come into awareness of some hurt or angry energy Mm. that it has been holding on to. And oftentimes that will manifest, like you talked about earlier, um, snapping a jeff over mm-hmm. something that you were kind of holding on to mm-hmm. i do the same thing i can get easily overwhelmed and um stressed and irritable and um mo- just just like what in the world and then i'll get mad at myself for not being energetic and joyful mm-hmm. and kind and consistent and steady eddie and why can't i just get it together and why do i have to be moody and why do i have to snap mm-hmm. and why can't i move myself out of this irritability So my both and is learning that – did I already say this in another both and?
0: It is – it's feeling familiar, but I don't know if it was just conversation between us or if it was in a previous episode. Well,
1: sorry, folks. I'm still (laughs) feeling this way. So if it's previous, this is just real talk. Sorry. Still here. But I can't – yes, 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 I did because I think I said do no harm. But I'm going to say it again because I'm still feeling this – That I am allowed to experience that irritability and stay in that space, do no harm in that space. I don't get to act irresponsibly or in a way that is harmful to myself or others when I'm in that space, but I can give myself grace to allow my body to experience an expression of that Mm. and figure out what I need to do in that. Mm -hmm. So whether it's that I need a good cry and I have to honor my body Mm -hmm. and just let it break down (gasps) or I'm gritting my teeth, you know, on a walk and just like cussing because Mm -hmm. I got to release it. But I'm, I am, I am doing something to honor the energy that has been there and to honor its release. Um, while holding space for the healing that's ushered in, and holding space that it's, I don't have it perfect, I'm not consistently kind, yes. I'm not consistently peaceful, I'm not consistently unbothered by things. No, I'm very tightly wound, and I'm very bothered. And yet, it is not helpful to me to get mad at myself no. for not being where I feel like I, quote, should be yet. Yes. And so I'm holding yes, yes, yes. that tension love it. now, so...
0: It's not going to surprise anybody, but this reminds me of a great Richard Rourke.
1: Quote. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he
0: talks about how perfection is great in mathematics, mm-hmm. and maybe he says theology too. I forget the other. Uh, definitely mathematics, and goodness is great in humanity. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm. perfection was never going to fly here. Right. Goodness, goodness, goodness yes. is what we can strive towards. Yeah. I
1: think in a quick summary of mine, and then I want to hear yours is I think I've been taught or I've received, I don't want to sound victimy. me. I've been taught sure. like I have received sure. the message that it is again, pr- probably through the lens of my Christian subculture that it is not okay to be angry to, to feel these things, and mm. so I get so overwhelmed by it and mm. so mad at myself that I am still struggling with it, still angry, still have an attitude, still short-tempered, still judgy, still critical, still all these things. And it's like, yeah, welcome to humanity. Yes, You know, like absolutely. welcome to humanity. And so experience it, do what you need to do with that emotion, and remember that you're still wholly loved and a whole being like you're still whole yeah. you're okay so and I say this somewhat in just but also in in
0: truth <laughs> find those friends like the fours yeah. who feel every emotion so intensely that we you know like we're not going give, to give you the message you shouldn't be feeling that it's right like,
1: oh I felt no. that <laughs> let's yes, talk no. about it yes, you know yes you are one of the most empathetic people that I know. I mean, when I talk, you guys, Nicole, I wish you could see her. She's, and her body <laughs> language just softens towards me. And sometimes. But maybe
0: that's the beauty of all these types totally. being here. Because we all have these different. Totally. Like, you can talk to a nine about anger. Yes, one yes. who's in touch with yes, their anger, yes. right? Or who, who whichever type sure. it means. But yeah, like, tap into those friends. Yes
1: who who aren't driven
0: by fear similarly to the way that you are and can speak a different voice in or on the times that you need to connect with the friend who is driven by fear who gets it you can talk with that person too but as i'm hearing that it just made me laugh of like oh gosh i'm so in touch with whether it's anger or whatever emotion Mm -hmm. it is like for whatever reason, I never got the message I couldn't feel it. I feel it to right. my bones, right. you know? Yes. I love it. <laughs> if you need a friend to speak that, permission. No, oh, I'm, yeah. Feel yeah. it, sister.
1: Feel it's it, feel amazing. it, feel <laughs> it. Hi. Thank you. Okay. What's your yes and?
0: Oh, where you you experiencing that. a both and? Sorry. No, yes. it's good.
1: Where are you experiencing a both and? So many ands.
0: I already sort of said this, so I'll keep it brief, but the both and that I'm experiencing right now is... Acknowledging and recognizing that you and Jeff are different individuals uh. with like different stories and different perspectives and different opinions. And I've seen all of that and appreciating this gift that it is to be in relationship with people who do see the world very similarly or even feel mm-hmm. the weight of the world sure. very similarly. Sure. And like just the gift that it is to delve into who you all are in different ways especially with um and we didn't talk about your point of security but hmm. those those closest relationships particularly with a partner are a point of security where like ooh monsters can come out mm-hmm. you know and like you just you don't have the same patience that you have with friends and not that you're not working <laughs> on being better about that but i just think it's such such a gift to have insight into who he is mm-hmm. Not that I'm going to oversimplify that. I should sure. take that insight and then ask him questions and um, clarify, mm-hmm. like, do you feel this way? Because Meredith was talking about this for things mm-hmm. that I know it would be safe to share. Like, sure. now I'm really overqualifying. But <laughs> it's a gift. It's both a gift and a recognition of the fact that you're definitely different people. But I think two relationships that it feels like such a gift that I can glean insight about both of yes, you and yeah. knowing both of you. Yep. And I'm I'm really excited about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally see that. Yay for us sixes! We're bringing something to the world. You're bringing a lot to the world, guys. <sighs> well, everybody, it's been a really, really fun conversation. Important, healing, good, mm-hmm. centering, grounding, mm-hmm. all the things. Mm-hmm. And we're grateful that you guys just keep listening and coming along for the journey. So. And this is one in particular that we would love to hear. Yes. Your journeys and thoughts and stories and feedback for sure. Like even if it feels random, even if you don't know us or we've never met, you're like, I don't want to just tell them like, oh yeah, here. But please do. Who cares? You know, we're all in this together. All right. That is a wrap for season one of Room for Both podcast. Thanks for listening. We're excited to pick back up with season two after the new year. And until then, we hope you enjoy the holidays, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to the Room for Both podcast. We're always open for feedback, so if there was something that you resonated with or would like for us to discuss, please visit roomforbothpodcast.com or find us on Instagram at roomforbothpodcast and drop us a line. And also, while you're at it, would you do us a solid and rate this podcast so that we can eventually pay our sound guy?
2: Cold fried chicken. Oh no. Who cares? Cold fried chicken is like a picnic. I have to cook dinner anyway. I'll just put it in the oven. Did you get butter? (laughs)